This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Love every shot with the most complete ball in golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, golf fans, and welcome inside a very special edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Mark Sakino will be by at the bottom of the hour. He was covering uh, the tournament in Mayakoba, which uh, Russell Henley went on to win. We'll have a whole full recap on that victory. Bob Weeks is traveling. I believe he was doing some sort of running or marathon or whatever he was doing because he's just so fit and so he was in new york and now going to phoenix so bob won't be around today but we have a very special guest here joining us for our first segment of the day and that is mr jamie Rydell, who produces all things tsn cfl as well jamie good morning my friend how you doing scully Good. I am great, thank you. And I know it, for you, it was a very busy weekend because of yeah. uh, the CFL playoffs, because they're in full swing. Yep, first weekend of the playoffs, uh, BC and Montreal advance to the East and West Division sem- uh, finals. So two more weeks till the Great Cup. It's busy times. Weeks. Yeah, very busy times here at TSN in general with the CFL, with the World Cup just around the mm-hmm. corner. And this 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 time of year is a little different i guess for us golfers because things have really really started to slow down and Mm -hmm. there's a big uh big couple tournaments coming up for the lpga tour which we're going to get to a little later on in our conversation here but i mean uh i think jamie let's start with live and live Mm -hmm. wrapped last or two weekends ago i guess now and we did a little piece together on sports center that uh bob put together on the year that was in live for you now looking back they they played their eight tournaments they got they got off the ground they have so many plans for next year how would you assess what live was this year and what live could become going into next year well at the beginning of the year i don't think any of us or the talk was that it wouldn't last so they obviously have the staying power and they have the money to be that staying power they're unlike any other startup because they have unlimited, well, not unlimited funds, but they got lots of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the end, money talks. And yeah. they got good. They got some decent players over there at the, at the top of their 48 or so players. And But, but again, they need – they're just a startup. I don't know if they've scratched the golf community at all because, you know, again, I only know the YouTube numbers. What Greg Norman says <laughs> – you take with a grain of salt because quite honestly, both leaders, PJ tour and, and live, I, I don't trust what they're saying half the time. So they need, they need to be profitable and they're not on television yet. So that they need, like Bob said in that piece, they need a TV deal and they need to scratch the surface in North America and, and UK, which they really haven't touched. Um, they, they keep saying they're, they want seven more players, I think Greg Norman said, and there's rumors of, you know, the same old guys, Vito Pereira, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, you know, there's rumors, um, and they want to have that done by the end of the year. But, you know, I'll be interested to see when they actually take off with the league because these were just tournaments. Nobody cares. Like, do you remember – give me a lasting memory from the live season. I, I can't remember one. 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, the one that comes to mind would be like the bomb Dustin Johnson made in right. that playoff, which was going down the hill and off the green if that thing didn't hit right. the middle of the hole. And I mean, for me, like I, I, out of sheer curiosity, I did watch probably the last 30 minutes of the team event at the, uh, their finale, I guess, if you will, just out of sheer curiosity. And mm -hmm. it, it, it was somewhat dramatic because they were coming down the stretch, but the overall golf, it just... It just hasn't been great in terms of pure no, golf, right? Right, and that Sunday wasn't very good. Like, I, mm -hmm. what was Cam Smith was seven under the next yeah. high? I think Pat Perez was third at two under. Yeah. Doral isn't the hardest course. Like, it, we know Doral from PGA Tour events that were there for years. You know, I, I just think I was intrigued by the team competition, and I was disappointed when they went to stroke play for the last round. Like, I, I actually liked, but it didn't capture it. The, you know, again, part of it is how busy my time is right now, but it just didn't capture me like I thought it would. Um, when you look at the matchups, you think, oh, this is going to be cool. But then, yeah, other than Cam Smith and Phil Mickelson in that first event, I, I don't know if there was another compelling matchup for me. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, I mean, yeah, you have to give Liv credit because th this time mm -hmm. last year was just a pie in the sky and thinking, is this right. actually going to get off the ground? And then, of course, that announcement came the week before the RBC Canadian Open that shocked a lot of people, you know, Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, team RBC members, et cetera, et cetera. But they got off. They, they got eight tournaments off. And one of the players who has gone over to Liv, but hasn't actually teed it up in Liv due to injury, he was an on-course reporter and an interesting one at that was Mr. Bubba Watson. Right. And Bubba made some news. He was speaking with ESPN last week, and he said that he received guaranteed appearance money from sponsors and tournament organizers while playing on the PGA Tour. So this, I guess, has sort of been a hush-hush sort of thing. But for Bubba to come out and say these remarks now, like why would he want to do that? All, all, all these guys want to do is spew propaganda, everybody. And mm -hmm. it's exhausting, and it part, it, it's part of the reason why I just can't watch Liv's broadcast, first off, because all they do is do that propaganda. Like, you can't go 30 minutes without it. I, You know, I, I just stop telling me you're the best thing in golf. Let everybody figure out if you are. Mm -hmm. They're not going away. They're going to be here, and that's fine. But yeah. I just I can't deal with all – like, yeah, I, great, Bubba, thanks. But, but really, I think – we probably all had an inkling that there were some yeah. money being guaranteed. Like, again, guys like Rory coming to the Canadian Open, you know, the RBC players that are sponsored and come to the RBC Canadian Open, that's part of their deal, right? That's part of the money they get from RBC is to come and play at the Canadian Open right. and the Heritage, mm -hmm. or one of the two. Um, and then they've been doing it in Europe for forever. Um, you know, I don't – these guys just want to deflect – what they did and in the end i have no problems with what they did they chased money if somebody offered me 150 million over three years i'm probably taking it but <laughs> just be honest about it just yeah. say look bubba, i'm bubba watson i can't really win on the pga tour much anymore i'm gonna go make my family better off by taking money phil mickelson all these guys like harold harold varner like he knows he knows what he is. He's middle of the road on the PGA Tour. He'll win here and there. But that's about it. So yeah. if you want to go for the money, go for the money. But just, he was honest about it. But just everybody be honest about it. 
Totally. It's, uh, it's always a moving target. And for us who, who cover golf, it's given us so much content throughout the year, especially now during a quote unquote downtime right. year. So, you know, they looking forward to giving us news. Right. Yeah, they've given us tons and tons of news, and, and I guess we'll see what's next with Liv. And without a mm-hmm. doubt, it's been the golf story of the year. And when we get into our year in review series here on Golf Talk Canada, both on radio and television, a lot of that will be allocated to Liv Golf. Mm-hmm. We're talking all things golf here with uh, TSN Golf producer Jamie Rydell. And uh, over the weekend, Russell Henley back in the winner's circle. He was a 60-1 to pre-tournament betting. Uh, Those were his odds pre-tournament. A four-shot victory, his fourth career win in his 249th career start. And this is a guy, Jamie, who he's never really – I'm not sure if a journeyman is the right way to put it. He had a a good chance to win the 2021 U.S. Open. He was in the Mm -hmm. final group with uh, Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, Had a chance Mm -hmm. uh, coming down the stretch. Didn't get it done there. But overall, what a a great victory for Russell Henley in dominant fashion. Yeah, for sure. He's one of those guys that kind of crops up and has like a run of 10 tournaments um, where he plays well and has a chance to win. So it's hard to say journeyman because he's been in the top 50 for probably half of his career, yeah. I would say. Like, he, yeah. I think he, he went through some swing changes and injuries. But, you know, this is a guy that won two times the, in one year. And, you know, he just kind of pops up. He's one of those guys. Oh, you know, it's Russell Henley. Area. Like, he's a good player. He's a solid, solid player. And, you know, again, like, he – these are wins that these guys need, right? And, and that's the whole thing about the fall series is, you know, guys that are – more towards the bottom end of the 125, play these tournaments and gain valuable FedEx points. Now he's exempt. He's got Masters. We'll see him at the Masters. We'll see him at the PGA. He's going to have a run of his schedule. Uh, he'll play in the big money event at the Century. Um, you know, he was, You know, he's. It's just one of those guys that who knows now, right? Like, it's like the who, that's, who was it last year? Like Jason Kokrak, who just wins twice. Mm-hmm. That'll be. That could be Russell Henley. Yeah, this year, totally. Or, or guys like uh, you know Stuart Sink a couple of years ago mm-hmm. won a couple right. of times. These journeyman players, because there's so much parity in the game of golf and there's so much there strength is. overall, you get a good putting week. And you know Russell Henley led the mm-hmm. field in driving accuracy, second in the field in scrambling. Overall, it was just a, a great performance there from uh, Russell Henley. Yeah. And so two more events on the PGA Tour. Uh, wraparound fall portion of the schedule before taking some time off before the hero world challenge and before another fun little edition of the match we'll have tiger Woods, mm-hmm. we'll have justin thomas uh jordan spieth rory mcelroy involved on december 10th are you excited about this do you care about this is it something where because tiger woods is involved you'll you might watch it what what are your thoughts on, on this match coming up here well, probably like the, the the history of the match, as we've had many discussions about, hasn't really lived up to anything. None of them have. Yep. I hope that with, you know, again, it's Tiger and JT against Rory and Jordan, right? I, Is that I, I believe I believe so. I believe Something. so. I, mean, I hope there's trash talk. That's what you want to see. You want to see these guys going at each other. You want to see obviously great shots, mm-hmm. and you will. Because you got three guys that are in their form, and then who knows what we'll see out of Tiger because we haven't seen him in a while. But Tiger will make a Tiger will do something, whether it's a big putt or something, and then we know he's a good trash talker. I just hope it comes through. Yeah. Like I think they can all. I think all 
four of these guys' personalities, if they just don't even worry about that they're on camera and whatever, obviously they're not going to be no swearing or anything like that. But I hope they don't hold back because that's what everybody's done, especially, you know, at the hype of the Brooks and Bryson. But they didn't even talk. Like you, you, it's got to be, if you want to be something different, you have to, you have to give us something different. And I just don't want to see guys walk into the, to the green like I do every week. Yeah. You know, it, it was funny that the Bryson Brooks match, the star of that match was Phil Mickelson and he was a color commentator and, and he was right. the one throwing jabs that way. And so it right. is Tiger and Rory taking on uh, JT oh, okay. and Jordan Spieth. So JT and Jordan Spieth, the best friends, you know, so they'll be taking on Tiger and Rory. Look, and that, that'll be fun. And Tiger will go back and forth on each other. So hopefully, so I will, I, I will tune in because you got four really solid players. It's not, you know, Phil and Tiger and then two football players. It's yeah. four solid golfers, and hopefully there is the trash talk. But you know what? If that doesn't happen, like if there's not entertainment, I'm gone within three holes. Totally, totally. And and I mean, in this day and age too, if if you if you miss it, I'm you know I'm sure they'll post a recap where you can see the best six minutes or whatever exactly. on, on YouTube, Twitter, that sort of thing. But yeah, December 10th, that's at Pelican Golf Club in Florida. Before we sign off here and go to break, I mentioned off the top LPGA, a mm-hmm. very big stretch here. Two tournaments coming up. Pelican Women's Championship and the CME Group Tour Championship. And for Brooke Henderson, she hasn't played a lot of golf as of late, but after her dominant summer, this is a massive stretch of golf for Brooke. What are your expectations for her coming down the stretch here? I expect, like, again, I think we all expect her to be good, be right up there. Like, she is right in there for Player of the Year, CME Globe, a bunch of money. It's good. I think it's good. It's going to be awesome because with the Tia Titicool, and Lydia Cole winning recently, so there's two more players. You got you got Minji Lee, you got Nelly Corda. Like there's there's some real there's some real star power on the LPGA tour that probably a lot of people don't know about. But with Brooke in it for everything, I think I, I, I you got to think Canadian golf fans right now with not really anything to watch on the PGA tour that that's the focus now. Like Brooke could be Player of the Year, she could win this, the whole thing. Uh, she has a real chance. She's had an amazing year. She'll be up for the Lou Marsh Award, I would suspect. She'll get some consideration. Um, I expect her, you know, she's had her little break. I expect her to come out ready to go. We know how she is. She's aggressive. She's hungry, and she's a great player. And this is her chance, really. Like, she she has a chance to win the, to win everything. So I expect her to go out and play great and see where, see where it all lands. But it's going to be fun because a lot of them are playing well right now. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome to see. And it's already been an incredible year for Brooke Henderson. Another two victories, her second mm-hmm. career major championship. You mentioned the Lou Marsh there, the possibility. A, a win here at the CME Group Tour Championship Player of the Year. That would go a long way right. towards Brooke Henderson and the Lou Marsh. Well, Jamie, it's been fun. We, we've had it's a fun, fun time here. I, I think the last time you were on was when we uh, did shows for the RBC Canadian Open on yeah. our set, I want to say. Yeah, yeah I was, yeah. Did a nice yeah, little and, awesome. Yeah. We see. Yeah. We had a good little round table and we did, didn't even get a chance to discuss our experience at Wooden Sticks a couple of weeks ago when it was about four degrees and cold and you had shorts on, which I had shorts I mean, on. Yeah, that's uh, that's bold, my friend. But uh, but uh, we really enjoyed uh, today. Thank you for stepping in here for a segment and we will uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. 
Thanks, Cole. Appreciate it, okay. buddy. See ya. Okay, that's TSN Golf producer Jamie Rydell. On the other side, it's that time of year now for golf uh, people, or golf people, golfers in the GTA, where you've got to think about getting your body ready for next year. You're winding down. You're trying to get, trying to get your golf body ready for the upcoming year. On the other side, we'll speak with Michelle Liu from the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy Center on some ways you can help your body get readjusted for next year, your flexibility, that sort of thing. We'll discuss that and much more after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the TP5 and TP5X golf ball. Love every shot with the most complete ball in golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in the studio. Well, it's that time of year in the GTA where golf season is Wrapping up now-ish, maybe another week. It's another beautiful day here in the GTA, high around 15, 16 degrees Celsius. I wore shorts on the golf course both days, Saturday and Sunday. It's been very nice, but it's it's about to wrap up. It's been a great golf season here in the GTA. And once the winter comes around, that's a very important time for any player, regardless if you're a two handicap or a 20 handicap or whatever handicap you're, you have, to get your body ready for the next season. And I don't mean going into the gym and deadlifting or bench pressing or lifting all these heavy weights. There's different ways you can get your body ready and get your body stronger specifically for golf. And that's where our friends at the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy Center come into play. Michelle Liu has been someone we've had on this show before and someone who really takes a deep dive into how you can perform your best by little adjustments here and there to help improve your flexibility help your strength so for much more i had a chance to catch up with michelle liu about what the swing lab performance and therapy center is all about let's hear that conversation and we're pleased to be joined by michelle liu the founder of swing lab performance and therapy michelle welcome to golf talk Canada. thank you for having me on the show well, just so our viewers and listeners know, I've seen you a couple times and we'll get into that because you have changed my golf off season and I am so excited for golf season just around the corner here in the GTA. But for those who aren't aware, give us a sense of what the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy is all about. So I started Swing Lab Performance and Therapy about four years ago. The main idea was that we want to be able to look at how people utilize their body in the golf swing to help people either prevent injury, recover from injury, or also if you struggle to achieve something in your golf swing, we look at what is happening with the body and how you're utilizing it in the golf swing to figure out basically the why you can't do it or you do certain things in the golf swing. Then that way we can work on the root cause, which is changing how your body moves and help you achieve that changes in the golf swing well and the beauty of this michelle is that any golfer any age can go and see you whether you're 10 years old whether you're 75 years old i'm sure you have clients who are a number of different ages 
Yeah, so right now we do see um, golfers as young as we have a couple between like six to eight. Those are like competitive, very highly high level competitive juniors. And then we have clients as old as like 82. Actually, we have someone 80 that started golf at 70, which was pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, the main thing is because we're looking at more the body as long as someone has a developed swing pattern we can take a look and see how they utilize the body and how to make it more efficient so that they don't get injured and also perform better. Now I've been through a couple of sessions, like I mentioned, but walk mm -hmm. us through the process of when someone comes in and sees you for the first time. Yeah, for sure. So for the first appointment, usually we go through the whole 3D biomechanics assessment and we will start with a comprehensive head to toe physical assessment, looking at your mobility, how the joints move, your range of motion. And we do neuromuscular testing to see how the muscles are firing, the major ones we need in the golf swing, if they're working or not. And we also go through some tests to see how you control motions when we're loading the hip joints and the different joints in the body. Then after that, we go through and do a 3D biomechanics analysis of your golf swing where we'll break down to see all the tilt, rotation angles and all the fun stuff, like all the numbers in the little robot so that we can tie that back to what we know with your body to figure out the connection in between to see how we can make it better. And so that's where you see how you can make it better. So after the first assessment I went to, you sent me, I believe it was seven or eight different exercises to help mobility, mm -hmm. flexibility, and strength. But these aren't your typical, you know, squat, deadlift, bench press. These are exercises built directly to enhance your golf swing, your core, your legs, your hips. So it, they're not your typical exercises, but they're exercises specifically for golf, correct? Yeah, I would say, yes, they're specifically for golf, but they're more targeted to exactly to what we saw in the physical assessment, right? So sometimes we get people where they don't necessarily have a mobility issue in the physical problems, but then they have the range of motion. They just don't know how to control or how to move that in the golf swing then the exercises will be different and people that are restricted in mobility, they will have to regain the mobility first, depending on what the cause is. And then from there, we progress into strengthening. Yes, but like you say, it's not the typical strengthening exercises you see. At the beginning, you don't really need a lot of resistance or weight training is more getting the right muscles to work and it can be pretty tough on people. <laughs> Well, it can certainly be pretty tough on people, but I, I feel personally that as a taller guy, it's helped me, uh, you know, not on the golf course, just in terms of how my hips are feeling, how my back mm -hmm. is feeling, which, which is, which is a great thing, which I'm super, um, excited about, but for the, the common player are, mm -hmm. is it the back and hips, is that where you see the most tightness and need for improve or is it somewhere else in the body? Um, definitely the back and hip, are the, one of the most common spots, I would say the most common we see number one is definitely where the spine go into the pelvis, that junction where most people struggle with having enough mobility there just because people sit a lot nowadays. Right. And then the other thing that we see a lot is upper spine and shoulders. Same thing with people being on computer and phones a lot more that 
the spine gets stiff and the muscles in the upper back a lot of times don't work properly, which restricts how people move their shoulder and rotate the upper body in the golf swing. So those two would definitely be the most common one that we see. Well, and another really cool thing about your facility is that, yes, there's this great space to do a bunch of drills some cables, all these different strength training specifically for golf, but there's also a golf simulator. So you get to hit balls. <laughs> What's it like for yes. you and your staff to, to have that ability to have a client come in, spend the first half of their assessment, uh, you know, getting worked on, getting, you know, getting some new drills to do, and then actually mm-hmm. getting to watch them hit balls. That's gotta be great for you guys and great for the client too, to take some of the changes that you've implemented and see if they, see if they pay off. Yeah, for sure. So I insisted on we having the simulator because, at the end of the day, if we work on the body and the body started moving better, it's hard to know if it translates into the golf swing until we work on that part. So like after the assessment in the follow-ups, what we do is we will do a combination of manual therapy, corrective exercise, strengthening, and then we spend like the last 15, 20 minutes working on it to translate in the golf swing so that if you learn how to move and stabilize your hip a certain way, we want to make sure you can do it while you are having the club in your hand as well so that you can go play when you go play. It's better. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've enjoyed my first couple of sessions with you, Michelle, and I know all of our uh, listeners tuning into this right now and people watching this too will as well. Where can people find more information on the swing lab performance and therapy? Uh, yeah. So you can go onto our website, swinglabtheory.com, and we actually do have a home assessment guide that people can download and kind of go through a couple tests and then book a complimentary consultation with us where we'll go over your results with you and kind of see what is causing the restriction and how we may help you. And you can also find us on Instagram at swinglabto. And... I think, yeah, and Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is Sling Lab Performance and Therapy. Well, well, Michelle, like I mentioned, I've really enjoyed the first couple sessions I've gone to. I know TSN Radio Program Director Jeff McDonald's also been very high, <laughs> very keen on his experience yes, with you so here. far. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for your time today, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Already looking forward to my next session with Michelle to get me ready for the 2023 golf season. On the other side, Mark Sakina will drop by. He was covering Russell Henley in his victory in Mayakoba. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio, taking a look back at Russell Henley's fourth career victory in Mayakoba, the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. It was a four-shot victory for Henley, who shot rounds of 63, 63, 65, and 70. And the man who was on the grounds covering this for PGA Tour Radio was our own Mark Sakino, who now joins us on the line. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? 
Skulls, I'm good. I am enjoying one last morning here in paradise uh, before heading to the airport to fly home. So uh, we got so lucky this week. This is my fourth time here at Mayakoba, and this is the first time uh, in four trips to this event where there was not a horn blown or a rain delay or a lost day or a Monday finish. And uh, another perfect day here, around 90 degrees, perfect sunshine. So we got super lucky this week with the weather as it is rainy season down here. And uh, Russell Henley, uh, you know, I was thinking it seems like such a long year, right? Like the golf season just seems to go forever. And I started my year in January in Hawaii for the first two events of the calendar year. That literally feels like years ago. But, But, you know, technically it's, you know, 11 months ago. And I remember being with Russell Henley for most of that week at the Sony Open when he should have won that event, where he came out on fire on Thursday and Friday and eventually lost in a playoff to Hideki Matsuyama. And I remember sitting with him in the airport in Honolulu because he recognized me because we just walked 72 holes together. <laughs> and just, you know, he trying to keep, trying to put on a good face. You know what I mean? Trying to, trying to not look upset. But you could tell that that Sony loss really hurt him because he's just had so many chances with 54-hole leads since his last win five years ago. He just couldn't get it done. So, I mean, considering his history at this event, the narrative that he can't close golf tournaments, uh, what happened earlier in the year in Sony, another golf tournament off continental U.S., I mean, I think this is a very positive, upbeat win that most people are really happy to see Russell Henley close one. Yeah, and for, you know, his fourth career victory and 249th career start, and as he even spoke about in his press conference after, and was getting kind of emotional too, winning's hard, and sleeping on the lead is hard. It might appear easy to us watching on TV or covering a tournament where a guy walks in with a six-shot lead or a four-shot lead heading into a round, and and they might think, oh, this is just going to be a cakewalk. But for Russell Henley, he was able to get it done. Now, Mark, we did none of us had him on our TSN Edge team last week, so unfortunately our, our four-week winning streak comes to a close. But this guy had some great value, too. His odds before the tournament were 60-1. to 1. Yeah, uh, and I'm probably the value is not necessarily how he played this year. Because if you look at how he played this year, he had a pretty solid year, Russell Henley, you know, in terms of calendar year, not season as well, only, you know, a handful of events into the actual season. But to your point, I think you find the value here because a lot of these guys put themselves in contention. A lot of these guys make a lot of cuts. A lot of these guys make it to the top 125, which has got to be top 70 this year for the playoffs. But closing is hard, Adam, as you just said. Winning is super difficult. And I think we assume that because they have gotten to this level, because they are at the most elite level in the world of golf, the PGA Tour, that we assume that they have nerves of steel, that we assume that Sundays uh, are, are not different to them. That, that's a narrative that you and I and media create. But it's not a created narrative. It's real. Sundays are different. These guys feel different on Sundays when they're trying to win. They're not just aim and shoot like they are on typically on Thursdays and Fridays and often even Saturdays. Um, and I think that's why it's so hard to, to win out here. You and I have spoken about it a lot when it comes to Corey Connors. You know, we had a conversation after the President's Cup with, with Corey and Taylor and how 
you know, such amazing ball strikers, and they just got to get more comfortable on the greens when we get closer to Sunday and, and, and feel like they're putting it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to stroke this ball to make it. I'm not going to stroke it to try not to miss it. And that's a different attitude when you're standing over a putt with a chance to win. And I think we saw that at the Presidents Cup, where at the Presidents Cup it's like Sunday pressure from Thursday onward, just like the Ryder Cup from Friday onward. It's typically Sunday golf tournament pressure. So. Um, who knows where this goes from here? Does it free up Russell? Does he learn to play better on Sundays now because he closed one? Or is this, hey, got one done, we'll go right back to the steering wheel, and you know maybe it's another hundred and some odd starts before you know he wins another golf turn. Well, and as of right now, I mentioned Russell Henley's pre-tournament betting odds. For this week in Houston, he's now about 25-1. to 1 to go on and win it's a pretty good field coming up this week too one player also in the field is scotty scheffler and scotty scheffler you know he goes on that that historic run last uh, february to get to number one in the world in april of course winning the masters and then has sort of a weird summer i guess our expectations for him were obviously very high given that he was the top ranked player in the world he goes up you can say he coughed up the tour championship didn't play all that well at the president's cup too but what does he do a sunday 62 finishing tie for third how big mark do you think this week was for scotty scheffler and as he goes forward here to try to get back to the world number one well i think the biggest thing adam is the putter experiment seems to be over uh for that 62 it was the old putter in the back and you know we we've been talking up how he put the mallet with the two wings in the back in the bag and, and switched the putter for the first time in his professional career as opposed to just the straight kind of answer blade style putter that he's been using since the day uh he arrived on the pga tour the putter he used to win the masters Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. That you know that's been out of the bag for the last uh, couple of weeks. It was back in the bag on Sunday for the 62. So I think uh, psychologically saying I'm going to commit to this. It's not. It's not the putter, and the fact that you know he rolled the rock strong enough to shoot 62. I think is pretty huge. You know he's got to be near at the favorite betting favorite next week. Uh, in Houston, um, I think it's big for for Scotty to keep to keep that record going or that pace going. For Scotty Scheffler was unrealistic. I mean, he was on a, a Tiger Woods type of pace, a Jordan Spieth type of pace. We saw that pace, you know, for a moment in time in his career, and then it kind of went off a cliff. I mean, it's it's unrealistic. We all got so spoiled with with Tiger and the winning percentage and whatnot, but. You know, really, with the exception of Nicholas, who might be the closest, you know, Tiger's really the only one in, in, in that 96 to 2010 window, really closed golf tournaments at a shocking rate. Um, I think that, you know, Sky's probably over the hump now. I, I don't know about you, Adam. What do you think? Like, I think 2023, I think what we're going to see in 2023 is a Scotty Scheffler somewhere in the middle yeah. of what we saw in 2022. I don't think we're going to see the Scotty Scheffler we saw in the first five months of the year, but I think we're going to see a better version of Scotty Scheffler than what we've seen in the last five, six months. I think we're going to see somebody in the middle that maybe wins once or twice, contends in some events, and is a top 10 player in the world. Where are you with him? 
I, I totally agree. I mean, where he was, you know, winning that four tournament and 42 day stretch in February, March and April last year was essentially he was playing a video game and, and he was playing on you can't miss mode and he was just an absolute robot. And where he was the rest of the summer was he's an actual human being and he can miss putts and he can, you know, he, he, he's not perfect. And I, I think next year. Next season, I think we'll see, or next year, I should say, we'll see, you know, a one to two win sort of thing. If he gets really hot, you know, I, I expect him, you know, coming down the stretch at a major championship, that, that sort of thing to get back into the mix. But he's such a compelling guy. And to think this time last year where he was as the 12th man really on that U.S. Ryder Cup team to now where he is now as the, the second ranked player in the world is pretty remarkable. And you mentioned his odds for this week. He is the overwhelming favorite right now at the Houston open on FanDuel. His odds are plus 550 as a point of comparison. Sam Burns is the second betting favorite at plus 1200. So the overwhelming betting favorite is Scotty Scheffler. Now someone else you had on your edge team last week, Mark, was Colin Morikawa, who has had sort of a, a weird sort of stretch where, you know, he finished tied for fifth at the U.S. Open, had a couple missed cuts, the Scottish Open, the Open Championship at St. Andrews, finished T5 at the FedEx St. Jude, and then his finishes after that were T44, T19, T45, T29, and T15 this past week at Mayakoba. Where are you at right now with Colin Morikawa? Because he's sort of been mediocre here for the last four or five months. Yeah, so according to Colin, the ball striking's back. If you listen okay. to what he's saying, the ball striking's back, his butter fade is back, and we're back to the narrative of, well, if Colin Morikawa just puts average, he's going to win. So in, in the way Colin's speaking, that's the narrative being projected. I'm still a little less confident than he is, and I'll tell you why. I was, I was calling him – I. I think it was Saturday um, I was with him when he was having that, that really great round of 63. And he had a back right hole location on 18 with the ball beneath his feet. So this is like, a, you know, a, a, just a, a, a lie that's going to scream fade to a back right hole location. Uh, Colin Morikawa two years ago would have hit this inside 15 feet all day with a golf ball that started on the left edge and peeled right. And he double-crossed it and got it long left to the back fringe. And I went, mm, I'm not 100% sold that the butter fade is automatic yet. I believe we're super close to the butter fade being automatic again, I, I, you know, thus the 63. But I think there's still some work to do over the winter. Interesting story on him that broke this week, Adam, is he's hired a putting coach oh. for the first time in his career. Yeah. So he's got a new man on the team. That's a putting coach. Uh, I think there's a story likely going up today on PGATour.com about it. Damon Lynch, I think, broke the story originally two days ago or yesterday, or at least he broke the fact that it was rumored that there was a putting coach coming in. So uh, that's something for us to keep our eyes on. So something else, Skulls, that just broke, and I don't know if I can confirm this yet because okay. it's just Twitter and it's just rumors, but if you recall – live when they announced their schedule for uh, 2023 they suggest they left a hole in the schedule and they said toronto or mexico question mark in september of 2023 mm -hmm. well it looks like toronto's off the table and it looks like that september live event's going to be in mexico right here at mayacoba and el camillon which means this could potentially be the last 
the last ever uh, worldwide technology championship at Mayakoba on the PGA Tour. This event might be gone next year. We don't know what the PGA Tour schedule is going to look like in the fall next year. But the narrative being pushed out there by the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour and the PGA of America is, if you're a course, you go start hosting live events, you're out of our rota. Uh, full stop. So if, if they continue with that, you know, initiative and Liv is coming here, this is a Greg Norman golf course here at Mayakoba, so a lot of things line up. This could have been the last one. And from a European tour standpoint, Valderrama is rumored, right? Oof. To host one. And if Valderrama hosts one, does that mean the DP World Tour and the Ryder Cup never goes back to Valderrama? I mean, that's a real shame if we start losing great venues like that especially historic venues like that, where Valderrama is referred to as the Augusta National of Europe. And for good reason, you go there and if you're if you're above the hole, you're short, you're long, it's just hard. It's just a very hard golf course. I got a chance to play it and it absolutely kicked my butt. And it's such a, a world-class venue, but that's, uh, that's definitely a story we'll be tracking here as we go forward. Now, Bark, before we let you go, uh, it is about 16 degrees here and sunny today in the GTA. I saw last week on Instagram, before you took off for Mayakoba, where it's 90 degrees Fahrenheit and it's beautiful, you got your last Canadian golf round of the season. I believe it was last Tuesday at the Toronto Hunt Club. How did that last round go? Not bad. I think I hit a lot of good shots. A okay. couple birdies, a couple bogeys. I think I was around even par, but... Are you saying, Skulls, that I'm coming home to golf weather? Like, could I have been premature on announcing my last Canadian golf round? Like, are we getting 15, 16 degrees this week, or we have a chance to play golf? I think the hunt club might be close. My golf club might have shut down regardless to get, to get ready for winter. I don't know. But if it's 15, 16 degrees, there might be a chance to play around a golf this week. Well, let me tell you. So tomorrow, I believe the high is around 10 degrees. Wednesday, 12 Thursday, Friday, though, 16 degree, degrees. 16. Playing golf, so, buddy. Playing so, golf. I'm off. You're wow. off. We wow. got to find a round. Let's go play I, a fall round of golf. I think on on Friday, I'm uh, I'm back on, on the desk at Sports Center working at night. So I think Friday, we might have to uh, circle something. Love it. Wow. Love wow. it, Skulls. Well, right. I, I, and I will say, too, on uh, uh, I mentioned this earlier in the show, I played both yesterday and on saturday i had shorts on both days which i, I mean saw it i can't on social media yeah i can't remember the last time i had shorts on in november playing golf i don't think anyone <laughs> ever can recall that but uh, it's, it's a great time of year i love playing fall golf and mark hopefully we see you perhaps on friday for a round of golf uh, regardless safe travels home and most importantly happy anniversary Thank you, Skulls. I will text you when I'm back on Canadian soil. Thanks for holding down the fort, as always. I will uh, chat with you this week. Maybe we get some golfing, boss. Absolutely. Okay, that is Mark Sakino. who's on his way home from Mayakoba. It's been a, a wild travel year for Mark, and I know he's looking forward to getting back here on home soil. On the other side, we'll have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf and update you on our GTC schedule. We have a lot coming up right here on Golf Talk Canada. This is GTC. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Wrapping up this week's edition of Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully here in studio. Time now for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one bush, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Let's start with the LPGA Tour, the Toto Japan Classic. Gemma Drybrewer gets it done, 20 under par, a four-shot victory for her on PGA Tour champions, Bernhard Langer. You love to see that 70, 63, 66, a dominating six-shot victory. His 44th career PGA Tour champions victory, one off the all-time record. PGA Tour Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. Russell Henley, a four-shot victory. His fourth career PGA Tour victory. Low Canadian Adam Hadwin, a T32. He was 12 under par for the tournament as well. Nick Taylor making the cut. He finished tied for 53rd. Well, here on Golf Talk Canada, we're not going away. We have a couple more live shows every Monday, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then we get into our pre-recorded specials where we'll take a look back at some of the biggest stories from around the world of golf in 2022. We'll have some of our favorite winners, Weird and What segments. We'll have equipment specials, interview specials, all that and much more. And, of course, in December on television, our year in review. We'll take a look back at the year that was. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, the year isn't over for Brooke Henderson. She has two more tournaments to go. Can she win the LPGA Tour Player of the Year? She's had a great year so far and a couple of good tournaments here. And she could get that done and be the LPGA Tour Player of the Year. And of course, on Wednesday, tsn.ca, keep your eyes peeled on our social media channels for our TSN Edge Picks for the Houston Open. We didn't get our fifth consecutive victory. We came up short last week, but we had four straight coming in. Let's get back in the winner's circle. Bob Weeks currently leading our season-long leaderboard mark in second. And I'm in third. I have some work to do because they already both have two victories on the year while I have one. Well, this has been a fun show today. Thanks to Jamie Rydell for joining us. Thanks for Mark Sakino for joining us. Thanks for Michelle Liu for joining us. It's been a fun one. And we'll see you next week, next Monday at 10 a.m. right here on TSN at 1050. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.